Welcome to the first episode of The Session. I am Timothy Teach Jones. This is Dwight James Jr. And we are so glad that you guys are tuned in. This is the debut episode. And Dwight, when I brought up the topic to you and we started, you know, discussing uh, potential, you know, topics, you just, it just was automatic. You said, man, we, we got to talk about purpose. Why were you so passionate about that? Listen, if we was going to start this podcast, I couldn't think of starting this podcast with any other topic. Exactly. Purpose is so important. And, you know, that's why we had to do it. Yeah. And I've been hearing so many people, you know, I mean, that's something that I promote privately. You promote that on your platform. Uh, we, But I've been hearing a lot of people, you know, coming to me specifically, sending me messages, even after I did my film, you know, they were talking about purpose. And it just seems like across the nation, I'm hearing so much online about people wanting to know, like, why am I here? What am I supposed to do? And it's just there's there's a shift and like there's an awareness. I put it that way. Um, but what does purpose mean to you, Dwight? And, and do you even have people that come to you about that? I do. I have people who I talk to on a daily basis, people I mentor mm -hmm. uh, discussing purpose. And, you know, I know I'm not here just to go to work and come home. Like mm -hmm. there has to be a greater something greater in me. Your purpose is what you were born to accomplish. Mm -hmm. That's that's the basic, easy definition. Purpose is when you know and understand exactly what you were born to do. Now, all of us were created to do something specific. Mm -hmm. And so your purpose is connected to that. That, you know, that's why we're here. That's <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. What what are some indicators? You know, what if there are people right now tuning in? Because there there will be people that listen to this this week and then you know it'll get shared and replayed and people will share it with their mama and their auntie. With all the people that ever listen to this and they want to know, okay, I want to live my purpose too, but I don't have a clue. Nobody was talking about purpose when I was growing up. My dad wasn't there. He wasn't talking about purpose. My mom was working and she was tired. What are some indicators that people can use to identify what their purpose might be? No, that's an excellent question. One way to one way off the top is this discover what your passion is. Mm. So when I mentor people and I talk to people about purpose and we have these conversations, my first question to them as we're discovering our destinies mm -hmm. is what are you passionate about? Yeah. What are some of the things that keep you up late at night? Like you just, you know, there is something more to this. What is your passion? So mm. that passion looks differently to different people. That passion could be football. That passion could be trying to make it to the lead. The passion could be trying to open this business, open this restaurant. So your passion are clues to your purpose. Yeah. So the two work hand in hand. Now, yeah, when you talk about, oh, go ahead, D. No, I was going to ask, I was going to ask you this quick question. As far as passion, you were talking about, you know, different people you run across. Mm -hmm. Do you believe there is an age limit on when you can discover what your purpose is? Absolutely. Absolutely not. Like when you and I talked about how 
Um, you know, some people didn't have a blueprint, didn't have dad, didn't have mom. Uh, now I work with a lot of foster youth. So you come up in the system. I mean, sometimes there's a learning curve and you don't get it till you're 50 and it's not too late and you don't get it till you're 60. So no, there is no age limit. There's no expiration date on your purpose. No, I agree with that. Yeah. Question for you, D. When, when you talk about passion, one of the things that, you know, immediately comes to mind is sometimes people's passion are the very thing that they're persecuted about. You know, as people are looking, well, you, you mentioned like football or, you know, maybe if you can really cook, you might be a chef. But sometimes, you know, our parents in general or whoever we are raised by, sometimes they say things like this. And even school teachers sometimes say, Dwight, be quiet. You talk too much. But Dwight was a preacher when he was 13 or he might be a sportscaster. He might end up using his mouth for a living. So sometimes it's not just like what we are good at. I think sometimes the people listening got to look at what are those things that you've been criticized for? Because, you know, you do them so much. Maybe you play video games all the time. Maybe you're a gamer. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, you're right about that. You have uh, a friend of mine used to always get in trouble in school because he would just be doodling, you know, drawing stuff on his papers, you know, instead mm -hmm. of listening. But this dude is an artist. He is a graphic artist. That is what he was born to do. And so growing up, that's what, you know, he would draw, you know, whatever else. Mm -hmm. So, like you said, what are some of the things you used to get in trouble for? What are some of the things that people gave you a hard time about? Now, yeah. there are things that all of us, we just have just this natural inclination to attach ourselves to. Yes. For example, uh, growing up, people wanted me to play football. I never played football. I always did basketball and track. Mm -hmm. But I had a coach in high school who told me that if I never played football, then I would wake up one day and I would regret that decision for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. It's been 35 years. I'm still not regretting it. That's <laughs> not my purpose. I had yeah. passion towards it. So as you're discovering your purpose, you know, you have to understand what you're passionate about, but then also don't beat yourself down over stuff that does not interest you. Yeah. You That's know. very good. Now, Dwight, for people that, you know, that are following us so far, they want to know their purpose. They are identifying their passions. They may even have their pen and pad out right now. And they've already written down, I like to talk. I like to cook. You know, I like numbers. Um, whatever it is that they like. How important do you think mentors are mm -hmm. to being, um, you know, a, a support for us in this process? Because it's a journey. No, I was just about to say that you're you're right. A, a mentor is key to this process. It is one of the key ingredients. Most of the successful people that we know and that you know as listeners, they're connected to someone. We're all created to be in relationship with each other. Mm -hmm. we're, not, we're, we're not created to be individual beings. So you need a mentor. And your mentor could be uh, like the football coach I had talked about, your mentor mm -hmm. could be uh, a pastor, a spiritual leader. Now, for me, my greatest, I have many mentors. One of my greatest mentors is my dad. You yeah. know what I mean? And he's passed away now, but he's the stuff he left me, I still mm. hold on to. Yeah. So 
your mentor is someone who you can learn from. But on the flip side is you want to find someone who wants you to grow. Yeah. You know, it's like that teacher and student concept that every teacher wants their students to be great. Yeah. So Dwight, when I think about mentors, man, I think about um, and when I think about their value, like every pivotal decision that I made um, and I won't go back to, you know, the inception of my professional career 20 years ago, but I'll just go back like the last few years when I was on a job working in corporate America in management, in the finance industry, and just kept filling this pool to to quit, um, to leave. Uh, knew that I had a you know family, I had children to provide for, um, was moonlighting as an actor, moonlighting, you know, as a host, doing all of these other things after hours. But instead of me going out and killing myself and my family, for each decision that I made, I, I consulted with someone that I trusted. And even when I left corporate America, I consulted with a mentor and I was able to leave with a severance package. Yeah. Now, when that severance package ran out, I consulted with a mentor and I was able to, you know, identify um, another source of our stream of income. When I got ready to start my own company, a mentor actually confirmed that, you know, this is what you should do and why. Um, And this is how you do it. I didn't even know how to start a company. I didn't know how to get a business tax ID number. You know, and he said, call LegalZoom. Like it may sound easy, but it it is easier and life gets simplified when we will be able to sit down and talk to someone that's in that field, someone that we trust. And I remember you saying this one day in a conversation a couple of of weeks ago uh, in the multitude of counselors, you know, the best decisions are made. Yeah. No, absolutely. There's always wisdom when you have multiple counselors, when you have multiple mentors, like you said, there's always, you always have that, that camaraderie, that insight, you know, uh, pick their brain because the key as far as finding a mentor Mm -hmm. is finding someone who wants to help you be more of what's already in you. They want to help you become more of who you already are. Mm. And so that's a good mentor, you know, as far as purpose, as we connect this to purpose, every person, you know, and you think of a successful individual, whether it's an athlete, whether it's uh, a business owner, whether it's Mm -hmm. a a preacher or whoever it is, listen listen to their story long enough. Yeah. And they're always going to connect it back to a key individual. Every single time. So a mentor is like vital to this process and you don't have to look far to find a mentor. You probably already know who that person is. Well, I want to, I love that you said that because, you know, we didn't talk about this before, but I'll bring it up now. I knew your father. Yeah. I knew your father for 22 years. Right. And I remember you, I forget the little word you used, but you said something like Dwight James senior isms or something. Yeah. Like what are some things, you know, and you actually, for those that are listening, when Dwight's father passed, he actually did his father's funeral. I did my mother's funeral like that. That was the level of respect, you know, that we had for our parents and who also served as mentors. But Dwight, what were some things? I know we don't have a lot of time, but some one-liners that your your dad said as a mentor that, that are still with you today. Yeah, I'll give you one, one quick, quick one for time purposes. This is one that 
keeps me going every single day. And it's this, keep your life simple. Mm. I mean, every day, you know, I got family members, I have friends. And as when my dad passed, we were discussing this and I had a friend of mine tell me, yeah, your dad used to always tell me, man, keep my life simple. And I'm like, <laughs> when did he say that? I mean, but it's so key. Life is not complicated. We complicated with the choices that we make, Yeah, you know? And so he was always telling me, you know, keep your life simple. Don't have a bunch of children out there. Don't, uh, you know, complicate what's not complicated. Yeah. Keep it simple. And so... That simplicity, I have now adopted that and have uh, added that to every aspect of my life. And, and the, I'm just spending time on this, man, because we have time and I'm going with the flow. You do a lot of stuff like I do, too. But just for the people that are listening, you're getting your doctorate right now. Yes. And you're married over 10 years and you have a daughter and you are in the process of starting a church and you are working full time. And, and, and how, how does that statement keep your life simple? How has that aided you with this balancing act that you've had to do for the last few years? No, that's a great question. I keep my life simple by the decisions I make. In essence, mm -hmm. um, my decision to get a doctorate degree, I'm getting my doctorate in strategic leadership. That decision all of it, here's here's the key. We'll just make it simple. If you people want to write this down, if you make purpose decisions, your life will be simple. Mm -hmm. In other words, if you make if you make decisions with your purpose in mind, like we're planning this church here in the Tampa Bay area. Well, my doctorate in strategic leadership is helping me with that process. Got it. Okay? So it's all serving the same purpose. Yes. I'm working full time right now as an accountant as accountant in finance. Well, that decision is helping me also fund this process of planning this church because you can't plan a church if you don't have any money to do it. Mm -hmm. So you got you got to work, you got to get something in there. So that decision helps it. Now, I've been married for 10 years and I plan to be married once. I said I do one time. That's my personal goal. So yeah. the decisions I make within my marriage, I try to keep those simple. Uh, Got it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That makes sense. And, and exactly. I love that. Now, I, and I'm going with the flow with the people. You know, they're writing. They got purpose. They're writing down their passions. They know they need mentors. And we get to this big cliff. Yeah. You know, and, and now we're like, what do I do, Tim? What do I do, Dwight? And one of the people that you and I have talked about before, you know, that we one of the many people that we uh, respect is Steve Harvey. Oh, yeah. And he has said things like, you know, he did a segment a couple of years ago during a family family feud intermission about jumping. And, you know, you, you got to jump. You know, you have dreams, you have goals and desires. And he was right. And he was talking about courage. He was talking about bravery. He was talking about not, you know, wasting your life and just existing. And you look up and you, you know, you look back and you never did what, you know, you were created to do. Yeah. But my question to you, Dwight, you know, just from a practical standpoint is when are people ready to jump? No, that's a great question. I believe, I believe in jump. You got to jump in order to get from where you are to where you're going to go. It's going to require a significant jump. Now, mm -hmm. the further the jump, 
the longer the preparation. So you're ready to jump when not so much you have like all your ducks lined up. Yeah. But for example, you're ready to jump when, you know, you have your your uh, your budget in place. You have your financial plan. In other words, you know how this thing is going to work out. Your family is on board because one of the worst things you can do is for if you're married is to jump and then your wife is not ready to jump or your husband is not ready to jump. Yeah. So you got to have that part in place as well, that relationship aspect, because you have to remember as husbands and wives, you're not jumping alone. You have a yeah. you got a teammate, you got a helper who's who's jumping with you. Sure. So you have that aspect. Then also you want to look at your track record, look at your life resume. In other words, how have you handled other responsibilities in your past? Mm-hmm. Let's use the example of the restaurant owner. Well, I'm pretty sure if you're the restaurant, if you're the chef, you've cooked at other places. How is how is the quality of your food been? Yeah. If you if you resign from Red Robin and you want to create your own, would the quality still be there? Yeah. So you want to look at different things like that. I support, you know, Steve Harvey's idea concept on jumping. It makes perfect sense. But if you jump without that parachute, you're going to fall flat on your <laughs> behind. <laughs> OK, you will. You will. You, you, you have to have you better have a plan of action. Yes. And let's talk about this parachute right quick. What's in that parachute? Well, it's it's your plan. <laughs> Okay, it's you got your plan in place. Do you have a business plan? Do you have a financial plan? You know, I find people all the time. They're like, man, I want to do this. I want to do that. And then you start getting to the nitty gritty and the details of it. And they're like, oh, I didn't think about that. Oh, I didn't think about that. You're not ready to jump. Yeah. I mean, that's just the bottom line. Now, to get from here to there. It's going to require that leap of faith, whatever you want to call it, leap of faith, sure. jump, courage. But just do it at a time when you're actually ready. Uh, go ahead. And Dwight, let me let me let me jump in because I want to give like uh, both sides of that coin. Like there's a heads and there's a tails because I agree with you 100 percent. And when I think about what Steve Harvey said and then when I think about what you said, and I put it together and mix it up. I want people to know you're going to get skinned up. Whenever you jump, like there's going to be some bumps and some bruises. Now, to Dwight's point, have a plan, uh, have a parachute, you know, have a business plan, et cetera, et cetera. That stuff is critical. But I, I was listening. I was at a conference yesterday for foster youth and the presenter before me, she pulled up a slide from Thomas Edison, I believe it was. And he had failed. And I don't know the number. Let's say he failed 900 times before he discovered, you know, the proper equation for electricity. And one of the critics came forward and tried to make him feel like a failure. And they said, man, um, you failed so many times. And I forget his exact terminology. I don't have it in front of me. But his response was, in essence, no, it took me 999 times to practice, you know, to get it. Are you familiar with the quote, D? Yeah, yeah, in essence. How close am I? you're, you're, You're spot on. In essence, he... They, you know, they tried to get him for how many times he failed. And he was like, yeah, I just figured out how many things won't work. That that was what he said. And so I want people to know before you jump into into what, you know, to Dwight's point, excuse me, don't jump prematurely 
but just know, and I'm going to use the word failure and then I'll clean it up. Give yourself permission to fail. And, And when I say that, if your dad or granddad or great uncle or great granddad or, or your cousin, if nobody showed you like, like Dwight, I have so much respect for you because you're, you're doing something that I've never seen done. And I'll talk about it for 30 seconds to see a guy that I've known since he was a kid, get up in California and say, I feel very strongly in my heart that I am supposed to go start a church in Florida. And he talks to his wife and his wife says, I feel the same thing. And they sell their house. Now, this is some jumping for your behind. They sell their house, ship the truck, get on the plane and fly your behinds to Florida and look around in the neighborhood and find a house. That's some jumping. But I say that because your dad, who was a doctor, he didn't show you how to do that. Your uncle didn't show you how to do that. So there's going to be some times that we have to do things that have never been done before. And I want listeners to know, give yourself permission not to have all the answers up front. You know, you're not going to cross every T and dot every I. But to Dwight's point, be prepared for that. Absolutely. And see, the thing is, parachute, we talked about the parachute. If you jump, your parachute may not open right away, but it's going yeah. to open. But I heard a quote that finished that where it said, if you do not jump, your parachute will never open. Hello. So you have to take that risk. Now, it's going to take some time, you know, as we're talking about jumping and, you know, mm-hmm. finding our purpose. I agree with you, Tim. Don't be afraid to fail. The thing is, if you never take that risk. In other words, you're just going to stay in this little area, this compartmentalized part of your life, then that's all you'll have. You'll never know if you never try. Yeah. So you got to step out to find out. Now, D, what would you say, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of like moving because there are people who now, and, and I'm following them. I can see them on the edge of their seat and they're like, you know what? I'm ready to jump. I feel I've, I've been preparing I've been doing this thing that I'm passionate about for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. I've been waiting on confirmation. I got it today. What do you say to the person who, who actually thinks that they can be an overnight success? And I, I, I kind of pivot from that question. And I think about people like Kevin Hart. I remember when he came out and blew up. I remember a lot of people telling me, um, wow, this guy just, you know, um, he just came out of nowhere and blew up. They didn't know he had been doing these little comedy clubs for 20 years. Right. This was the first time you saw him. Right. So what encouragement would you give to people about how long the journey might be and being dedicated to the long haul? Listen, if you're truly dedicated, there's not really a whole lot of motivation you need, except the fact that you have that motivation to get up every single day. And just to keep the grind, there is no overnight success mm. right now. You have uh, Perry who just did built this just mm. elaborate. I mean, just edifice, this amazing facility in Atlanta, yeah. but he started out in his car. Mm. You know what I mean? He was putting on these shows and what he, you know, what was called like the Chitlin circuit down yeah. like in the South area. And very few, if anybody was coming now, fast forward, 
he has his own walk of fame. He's built, you know, he has his own studios and all of this. <laughs> so if someone looks at him now, they'll say, man, you know, he just came out of nowhere. No, no, no. He's been grinding for 20, 30 years, all this time. He's been mm. putting in the work. And so part of that, there is no overnight success. So as you're discovering your purpose and you're, you know, following your passion, whether you're ready to jump or not, my advice to you is to keep grinding. Mm -hmm. Whatever that grinding means, Kobe Bryant didn't just make it to the league and all of a sudden become great. Yeah. He, he was playing in Italy. He was wherever he grew or wherever he was at, he was constantly playing. There's, there's conversations, you know, about Kobe and talking about, he was the first one in the gym. He was the last one to leave. He put in the work. If you mm -hmm. put in the work, success is going to happen. Well, what I hear you saying, when you talk about stuff like that, it, it makes me think about embracing the process Trust the over process. the product. You Trust. know what I'm saying? Trust the process. Yeah. Now, now, you told me years ago, and, you know, one of the things that we all agreed on with this podcast was that, you know, there would never be enough time in the day for us to talk about everything. So we would always give suggested reading materials and links to websites and things like that. But years ago, you got me reading Miles Monroe. Yes. And one of the things that I remember him saying, and I think you said it first, I think I read it in an email you sent me, um, and then I looked it up. And that was, you know, don't take your dreams to the grave. Can you speak on that for a couple of minutes? Absolutely. Miles Monroe, again, he's one of my mentors. He's he's now passed away. It's been a few years. But Miles Monroe said, said this one time, the greatest tragedy in life is not death. The greatest tragedy is living life without a purpose. Mm -hmm. And there's many people who have died. The cemetery is the most depressed spot ever. Yeah. And it's depressing because you have all these people who have built their purpose. You got books never written, songs never composed, restaurants, businesses never open, uh, messages never preached, all this different stuff. Mm -hmm. My encouragement is to not become a part of this great, great tragedy that's in life right now, but to fulfill your purpose, discover your destiny and, and do what you're called to do. Now, one more thing on this. Mm -hmm. I know we're short on time, but your purpose is connected to somebody else. In other Speak words, on it. When I live my purpose, I'm helping someone else. Yeah. Our purpose benefits other people. So when we make this decision to not go after our purpose and not even want to know why we're here on this earth, mm. it's a selfish move. That's right. It's really selfish because you're robbing me of the enjoyment of what you're called to do. Mm -hmm. Your book that you refuse to write might be the book that changes my life. Come on now. Your songs that you just don't want to write or, you know, that might be the song I need to listen to to give me that extra push I need in the morning. Exactly. And even beyond motivation, you not putting in the work on the football field, making that decision to grind every day. Well, now I got to look at someone else knowing he should not be the Heisman. It should be you. Mm -hmm. But you got to put in the work. There is no overnight success. But at the same time, there is success when you just put your put your nails to the grind, grind it out. Yeah. And discover what you're born to do. I love it. Guys, we are almost out of time. And I want to make a closing remark before we get out of here, man. You guys 
seek your purpose, man. Pursue your purpose. Find out what you're passionate about. If you have a pen and you're writing this down, you can go back and listen to the podcast. Uh, Surround yourself with mentors who are already doing the things that you want to do. You may have multiple mentors. One may be for finance. One may be for your actual career interests. Another may be for your character, you know, just teaching you how to be the man that you need to be or the woman that you need to be because you didn't get a blueprint for that. Um, really gauge, you know, when you're ready to jump and be prepared as to Dwight's point. Remember that there's no overnight success and do not do us all a favor and do not take any dreams to the grave with you. On behalf of Dwight James Jr., I'm Timothy Jones, and you are listening to The Session. Subscribe to our YouTube page by clicking the link below. There you'll find links to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Make sure you turn on your notifications so that you don't miss any future episodes. So until next time, thanks for tuning in to the session.